Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we continue our study of the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. This is part two of this current sermon out of Revelation chapter 19. We try to answer all kinds of questions that people have about this great event that the Bible calls the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Have you ever considered becoming part of our ministry? Many of you support us through prayer, but you can also become a grace giver. Grace givers are those special people who God puts it upon their heart to help us broadcast the gospel on many different platforms, just like the one you're listening to right now. If the Lord leads your heart to help us, to join with us, partner with us, then go to my website, awakenedtograce.com. Click the link that says Grace Givers and learn how you can join in and be part of this spreading of the gospel as far and wide as we can. Well, as we go to God's Word today, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 19. I'm so glad that you're listening. He goes and he begins to prepare for his family. And you know how he prepares? If he doesn't have a skill set for life, he learns a skill so that he can support his wife and family. But here's what he does. He builds on to his father's house. It was called the bridal chamber. And in those days, in those cultures, families lived together, and he would take his father's house, and he would build and add on to it for he and his bride and his future family. Now, let's listen carefully to the words of Jesus. And while the bridegroom is building a place for his bride, while the bridegroom is gaining the skill sets to support his family, while the bridegroom is preparing for his future bride, where's the bride? She's waiting for her groom, okay? What is she doing? She's anticipating. She's preparing herself. There's an imminency to the coming of her bridegroom. But here's the thing. She does not know. When he is coming. Now, as we read John 14, now listen to it and read it through the ears and eyes of understanding what Jesus means by a Jewish wedding. The bridegroom goes back to the father to prepare a place for his bride. The bride is waiting in anticipation for the bridegroom to come get her. And now let's read John 14. One through three, Caleb. John 14 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. So let's pause right there. Jesus just told them in the chapter before, he's about to go away and he's going to suffer. So what does he tell them in chapter 14, verse 1? Don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, what he's saying is I know exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) There's a plan about to unfold. And I love, you know, the the, the King James, which I grew up on, says, in my father's house are many mansions. Well, always pictured like Allendale mansions, right? Everyone's going to have this big mansion. And who knows? Maybe that is what it's like. I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I would think that if the walls are jasper and the streets are gold, I would say the homes are pretty nice, wouldn't you? But I love that the ESV gets, the, gets the, the, the imagery here really right because what Jesus is picturing, what he's saying, is you go to the Father's house and you build a room. You have a bridal chamber. This is where you're going to take your bride to begin a brand new life. And that's why I really like the wording here. In my Father's house are many rooms. Let's watch it unfold. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen. And will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Praise God. So what happens in the steps of a Jewish wedding? Now follow me. Don't, miss, don't, don't let me lose you here. The betrothal takes place. A guarantee, a promise is made. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Then there is a time of waiting where rooms are being prepared. Friends, let me ask you this question. You look at the earth today, at how beautiful it is, even though it is ruined and corrupted by sin, even though it is tainted in a fallen world. Look at the earthquake a couple of weeks ago in Haiti. Look at the hurricane that's going to slam New Orleans tonight. 16 years to the day of Katrina. And you look at the earth today, and even with all the sin, all the rebellion, all of the climate mess, all that we see, all of the disasters and catastrophe, and look how beautiful it is. And God did it literally in seven days, really six. Imagine what heaven is, where our bridegroom, Jesus, who what was his skill set? Carpentry. Has spent the last 2,000 years preparing it for us. Can you imagine what it will be? Can you imagine? So he says, If I go, I will come again and I'll receive you, I'll take you, that where I am, there you may be also. What did God put in the heart of every? Bride, beginning in Genesis chapter 3, her heart will be toward her husband. That's why a couple can get married and he move across the country. And where does his wife go? She goes with him. Why? Where does she want to be? With him. Where do we want to be? With our Lord Jesus Christ. So... The betrothal takes place, the guarantee happens, the promise is given, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, and now we're anticipating, and now we're waiting. And what are we waiting for? That after the carpentry of heaven is done, after all things are made ready, after Jesus Christ has added those rooms onto his Father's house, he is going to come get us. Amen? Amen. And what is that called? The harpazo, the catching away, the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, what will it be like? That's phase two. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25, and let's see phase two. Matthew chapter 25. Now, it's interesting when you and I 
read Matthew 25, we often think of it in very evangelistic terms, and, and, and it is evangelistic. Matter of fact, I preached a message during the pandemic called When God Shuts the Door. And I preached it out of Matthew 25, and I had many people email me from many places across the states that they received Jesus through that sermon. But in its truest context, I want you to understand who Jesus is speaking to. It's a parable about ten bridesmaids, ten virgins. Five are foolish, five are wise. And Jesus says the difference that made them foolish or wise, the foolish ran out of oil, the five had oil. And what does oil in the Bible represent? The Holy Spirit. In its truest context, who Jesus is speaking to are Jews who do not have the oil. Their eyes are blinded. Their hearts are hardened, according to Romans 9, 10, and 11. And that's going to change. If you want to know the future of Israel, read Romans chapter 11. And you know when Christ is going to return? You know what's going to trigger his second coming? Is when the Jews, the scales come off, their eyes are open, and they call for their Messiah. And that's when Christ is going to do his second coming. But what is the second coming? The second coming is one event in two phases. The rapture of the church where Christ comes for his Gentile bride. And then the second coming where he'll come to the Jews, those who call on him. Of course, there'll be untold numbers who will be like the foolish. They won't have the oil and the door will be closed. Now, let's understand the parable. What are we talking about? We're talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb and how a Jewish marriage happened in three phases. You had the betrothal, you had the midnight cry, which we're going to see in just a second. That is the, the bridegroom preparing the place, John 14, 1, 2, and 3. And now we're going to come to the midnight cry and the marriage supper, the feast the celebration, and that's going to be the three phases of a Jewish wedding. Caleb, take us through the parable slowly, please. This is Matthew 25, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Now, isn't that an interesting phrase? When the bridegroom was delayed, has Christ, does his coming seem delayed? Only by about 2,000 years, right? <laughs> does it seem delayed? Yes. You look around at the church today, is she asleep? Yes. What are these lamps? These lamps would have been like small little circular bowls with a wick in the middle, and the bowl would have been filled with oil, and the oil would feed the wick. Well, that's not going to last very long, right? In our culture today, think of it as having uh, extra batteries for a flashlight, or think of it as having, uh, how many of you have a pocket juice <laughs> for your phone, it'll, it'll charge your fo an extra charging for the phone? They weren't prepared. And when the oil ran out, the five wise had extra batteries. 
They had extra juice. They had extra oil. But the five foolish were out. They had no oil. And now the bridegroom has been delayed. In that culture, it was common for the bridegroom to come at midnight. Thus the phrase, midnight cry. Now, let's watch it unfold. Verse 6, but at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. So understand, okay, you heard what it said. The door was shut. What is happening? Five wise, five foolish. Now let me, I I said it wrong just a few minutes ago. Let me correct this. This is a word to his Jewish audience. This is spoken primarily to the Jews. The church is not part of the bridesmaids. I misspoke a few minutes ago. It's not the bride. The church is the bride. So who are these bridesmaids? The Jews. Those with no oil, the foolish. Those with oil, the wise. Where is the bride? He has come for her in the midnight cry. Who is the door shut on? Those Jews who will not repent at the coming of Christ. Revelation chapter 19. Those who will repent, who will call on the Lord as Messiah, that represents the five wise who will have the Holy Spirit. But where is the bride? With the bridegroom. And where do they go? They go in for the celebration. Friends, that is going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. So let, so let's, let me clean this up. Follow me right here. The betrothal takes place. We're given the sealed Holy Spirit as the guarantee, as the promise. Christ goes to prepare a place for us, John 14, 1, 2, and 3. When he completes that preparation, he's going to come for his bride, the midnight cry. But what did we say the tribulation period is for throughout the whole study of the book of Revelation? In Revelation 1, 2, and 3, there are, I think, 24 titles for Jesus, and they're all Greek titles. After chapter 3, every title for Jesus then on is a Jewish title. God focuses his attention back on the Jews. Why? To redeem the Jews. Romans chapter 11. And when we come back, the bride of Christ with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Israel... Those five wise are going to be restored to the kingdom of God. But where are we in this picture? Let's go back to Revelation 19. We are the bride of Christ. Right now, you and I are betrothed to Jesus Christ. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Right now, Christ is preparing a place for us in heaven, John 14. And soon... The midnight cry is going to happen. What is the midnight cry? 
That is the harpazo. What do we say? The second coming, one event, two phases. The harpazo, Christ will come for his bride. And then the second coming, which we'll get into in our next session. The second coming, when Christ comes, the armies of heaven, who is us, arrayed in white, those beautiful, dazzling white garments that the bride was adorned with. And that will begin the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, in Jewish days, wedding feast went on from anywhere from three days to where if a family was very wealthy, it would last for seven days. Seven days in a culture of scarcity, it was seven, three to seven days of lavish drinking and eating in a time of scarcity. Well, however long the marriage supper lasted indicated how wealthy the father or the bridegroom was. Friends, do you know how long the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to last? One thousand years. The millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Friends, this is what we have to look forward to. Where are we right now? We're betrothed to Christ. What is the next plan on God's agenda? The harpazo, the rapture of Jesus, the midnight cry. And then what will follow the midnight cry? The marriage supper of the Lamb. The church is never mentioned on the earth from Revelation, the ending of chapter 3, until we come back with Christ in Revelation 19. Where are we? We'll be in the Father's house in those many rooms. Amen? Caleb, read one more time for me, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Verse 6, then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. And when you hear that, remember, if you're born again, you're there. You're in this scene. You will be part of that great multitude. Continue. And they cried out, hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And where has she made herself ready? Not up there. She's made herself ready down here. Are you ready today? See, that's what the Bible means when it asks, is your garment stained with sin? Are you without spot today? Are you without wrinkle today? Are you ready for Jesus Christ to return? Make yourself ready today for the coming of Christ. Can we say amen? I want to close today with this beautiful song. Many of you will know it. It's called Midnight Cry. I'm going to try to sing it. I may squawk through some of it, but that's okay. You'll forgive me, won't you? Friends, Christ is soon coming. Are you ready? If you're not ready, you pray during this song. 
and you say, Lord Jesus, make my life without spot or wrinkle. Clean me today. Forgive my sin today. And make me prepared for your soon coming. Amen. Sing this song with me if you know it. Midnight Cry. When Jesus steps down 
Yeah.